Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep and more. You may be a parent who has a fur baby expecting your first human baby. Or you may have your human babies and are about to welcome a fur baby to your family. Humans have been living with dogs for a long time, but as a parent-to-be or currently a parent, have you ever thought about how well dogs and children mix? Perhaps you're like me and have visions of your own childhood with a dog, a companion, someone to hang out with and be part of the family. But there's more to including a dog in your family than just walks and playtime. Jen Tate and her husband Ryan are animal behaviourists. Together they have written How to Train Your Dog. They also have three children, including two young babies, and I believe we may hear a few of them during this interview. Hi, Jen. Hello. How are you going? Good, thank you. Let's start with those parents, uh, or parents-to-be, I should say, who already have dogs and they're about to have a baby. How can they help prepare their dog uh, for the arrival of that baby? Yeah, look, there's a a few things we suggest. And the earlier, I guess, you start with this, uh, the better for when that baby comes home. Now, all dogs acclimatise to a new baby very differently. Some, uh, you know, are natural big brothers or sisters and others do actually struggle with the new addition of the newborn in the family environment. The other thing is for new parents, there's a lot going on. It is an anxious time. (laughs) Um, And dogs sense a lot more than just visual cues they're they're picking up on anxiety they're picking up on all the emotions that we're going through as well so that can kind of throw them a little bit too so there's a few things that we suggest the first thing would be to look at your dog's exercise regime and routine and even a month or two out start to vary it when my first child came along things uh, were not routine at all (laughs) and uh, we had to really adapt to that. So preparing a dog in that sense to things being all over the place and you might not go for that walk first thing in the morning or you might not go to the park for a run in the afternoon and we might have to change and vary up that exercise regime to fit in 10-minute little exercise sessions rather than like a one-hour walk, etc. So that would be my first thing to suggest is along the lines of varying routine in your dog's life prior to the child coming along. I also think it's really, really great uh, tool to have if your dog is crate trained. Um, So if they happily go into a crate and they're comfortable in a crate, we're just managing risk down the track and setting our dog up to have a space that makes them feel comfortable. And dogs, I mean, if ever you have welcomed a puppy home, they squeeze into tight spaces. They like, they feel comfortable, similar to a child being placed in a cot. They feel comfortable and content in a familiar environment that's a bit of a cozy hidey hole. So that would be my second suggestion as well. Then there's all sorts of things you can do while you're in hospital with the newborn and bringing home those smells and introducing them to the dog prior to the baby coming home. There's a really wonderful app too called the Soundproof Puppy app. It has all different sounds that you can introduce to a dog, including crying, screaming babies as well. So (laughs) anything you can do prior to that baby coming home that starts to prepare the dog is, is fantastic. You mentioned the crate there, that that's a good thing to have. 
Are there any other ways you suggest they should set up their house? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Look, I think um, leading up to the baby coming, if you can, if you're if your dog isn't used to being in areas around the home separate in, in, I guess, forced separation from you, whether it's behind a baby gate or in a separate room or outside, doing these things, I think, is really important prior to the baby coming. So the dog doesn't uh, all of a sudden feel shafted or feel left, left out once this new little little child comes home. So if you can get them used to those different spaces, it doesn't necessarily have to mean a crate, but from the dog's perspective, a smaller enclosed space can be an easier place to relax than being put in a different room and having space to pace or run around. And, um, and, and they can also be close to the family. They can stay in the living room, close by the couch, um, etc. So definitely looking at ways that you can start to just introduce separation is important. Uh, Ariel, our Australian Shepherd, was probably about two years old when Lennox, my first son, came along. And um, we obviously did everything that we could. And, and when Lennox was about three months old, we started to let Ari sleep in our room beside our bed again and then noticed after a while that he started to whimper every time Lennox cried and I I couldn't work out to begin with why that was happening why he was showing signs of anxiety when Lennox was crying and I quickly noticed that at night he'd sleep beside my bed I'd wake up incredibly tired uh, to go and feed Lennox in the middle of the night and because he was underneath my feet I would step on him or I'd be telling him to move quickly before Lennox got too um, uh, too woken up before I got to him and so he was starting to associate that all of a sudden me jumping out of bed in the night and potentially stepping on him or telling him to move uh, was because of the crying of Lennox so just trying to negotiate all of that and make sure that there isn't your dog's not getting in trouble or getting put outside or anything like that in the presence of your baby crying is quite important to think about as well. Can you crate train older dogs? I mean, what happens if you've had a dog that has slept next to your bed since day dot and then you bring a baby home? How long should you expect it to take for them to get used to a crate if they've never been in one? Yeah, that's a really good question. And yes, it is a lot uh, the process is longer and it can seem a little bit more difficult to crate train an older dog, but it's not to say it can't be done. We've seen clients with all sorts of reasons um, stemming from anxiety, maybe storm phobia, maybe they need to move into state and they need to go on a plane that we have helped crate train their dogs. So you just need a bit more patience, a bit more time, hence why I think it's really important starting this process as early as possible, um, but it's it definitely can be done and I think it's a massive asset to have once the baby is here. What about those with children already who are about to get a puppy? How do you go about choosing the best breed for your family? Ah, oh, my favourite question, Siobhan. <laughs> um, look, this is, I think this is such a huge point and such a huge place to start the journey into dog ownership in order to get it right. I mean, there is over 400 different breeds of dog and they are, uh, you know, like if you think of 
at the animal kingdom, you think of all the different breeds of ungulates, um, which are hooved animals that I used to work with at Trunk Zoo. You've got giraffe, you've got goat, you've got camel, you have cow. It's the same with the canine world. There's so many different species. Some were bred to warm the laps of kings and are the perfect companionship for for lounging on the on the lounge at home and then you've got obviously all your working dogs your border collies your kelpies and if you think about what they were originally bred to do it's hours and hours of intense mental and physical work in a farm setting so i think yeah getting that right to begin with is really important to me personally the best you can't go past um for new families with young kids a king charles cavalier spaniel I just think they are just the most wonderful little puppy for for a home environment. They're pretty capable of spending time alone if the family works. They're very forgiving to, you know, the occasional tug on the tail or, you know. <laughs> um, but I just think getting that decision right at the beginning is just so important. And where do you go to find out about different breeds? Well, we've actually dedicated an entire chapter at the beginning of our book to this topic because Ryan and I feel so strongly and passionate about um, about educating the the variety, educating people, sorry, on the variety of dog breeds out there. But um, I think what I suggest doing is if uh, you know, sit down think up of all the different breeds that you're interested in and then research not just their trainability or how well they would fit in a family environment but what their the history of that breed is so what were they originally designed for or bred bred to do and that will give you a much better indication as how they will fit into a family environment so you know those those breeds that were bred for companionship are far more suited to families, I think, than, uh, although having said that, Staffies, Staffordshire Terriers, um, whilst they are, you know, they've got the nickname Nanny nanny Dog and they're a beautiful breed and great with families, um, they don't do well being left alone. So if you are a family that, that works and goes to school, et cetera, and, and dogs going to be home for a period of time, you also want to take that into account too. You've got to find a dog breed that is going to cope with that period of time at home. And again, we talk about that in the book about how um, there are very much certain dog breeds that can cope better with periods of time alone and some that will will more likely form separation, distress or anxiety. All right. So if you're listening to this and thinking about getting a dog, the book is called How to Train Your Dog by Jen and Ryan Tate. How do you feel about oodles? Because there are so many different oodle breeds around at the moment. Yeah, look, I um, I think that they definitely have their place. I've come across some brilliant oodle breeds, uh, oodle individual dogs through my puppy school, through other people that I've met. Um, so I, I think definitely there is a place for them. I, I do, however, see because they are um, they are very, very popular, they are more prone to being factory farmed or, you know, um, uh, puppy mill breeds yes and that can promote anxiety and all sorts of behavioral issues in adult dogs too I think so whether you're going down the the route of a 
an oodle, a crossbreed, a, a purebred, whatever it might be, just again, once you've decided on the breed fit for your family, I think looking at the breeder itself or the the go the best thing that you can do is go and go and visit the breeder because then that completely rules out whether or not they are puppy farmed conditions. Make sure that they ethically fit with how you feel towards the ethics of that, sorry, that breeder or that dog. Um, uh, you can meet the parents because they give you a great indication as to what the behaviour of that puppy will be like as an adult. So you can, it gives you a really, really good insight into what you might end up with as an adult dog. How do you feel about getting a dog from the pound? We've had dogs from the pounds and I think, um, look, my main my main advice, whether you're going to go with a breeder and a puppy or go through the pound, is to just go back to researching the breed that is the best fit for you. So prior to even walking or stepping foot inside a pound, I think it's really important to work out what dog's best for you. Because I think worse than dogs ending up in pounds is a dog coming out of the pound into a family. Uh, it, it not working um, and then having to go back again. And we see a lot of situations where potentially that happens. And it's not because pound dogs aren't a great option. It's because the particular breed probably wasn't best fitted to that family. Now, we recently got a puppy and it wasn't until we got a puppy that I realised that small children and puppies aren't the best mix. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of squealing and running away and then the dog chasing them and biting them. So what should parents explain to their young children before they bring a puppy home? Yeah, look, I think... um... Uh, it's funny in in puppy school I I have all the new parents come in with the new puppy and they're saying it's all going great and they're a match made in heaven and then two weeks later by week three they're they're pulling their hair out going what's gone what's gone wrong what's happening um and to begin with uh you know an eight-week-old puppy is so docile and floppy and they do actually get along with the kids and and you know they everything seems great and then all of a sudden they come to life and the teeth come out and the teething starts and they all it it turns to tears and um nerves I guess so I think um (laughs) preparing preparing your kids to understand that it's not going to be all cuddles is really important I think getting them excited about training is really is a great step buying them a little treat pouch depending on how small the child is and getting them involved in the training process because then you're teaching a puppy to to I guess how to behave with the child as well so to run up and sit in front of them and rather than a child becomes the chew toy or you know the thing in the house that they run up to and pull on and they scream and wave their arms around and it's the best game in the world so if they can do some training if they can organize the enrichment for the puppy so you know simple things like find an empty cardboard box in the recycling and put some biscuits inside it and then uh, one of the greatest games we did with our son Lennox and uh, any new puppy is that he was in charge of that and he would get a few pieces of biscuit he'd put it in and then we'd give him a stopwatch and he'd have to time to see how long it would take the puppy to get all the biscuits out and you know he'd he'd go and do scavenger hunts around the backyard and just like at Easter time with the Easter bunny hide all the biscuits around the backyard and then watch the puppy go and find them all so there's things that you can do to help manage 
the the young puppy and the children and help create and form a bond that isn't just directly through playing and rumbling or padding because to be honest most puppies between the age of 10 and you know 17 weeks don't really enjoy pats <laughs> they just want to play <laughs> they just want to bite they just want to destroy so setting up that puppy pen in the house is an absolute must too for families with young kids and a puppy coming home what about um when you're out on the street because children are in it Inevitably, they just cannot stop themselves being drawn towards dogs, oh. cute dogs, dogs of any description. What do we need to tell our children about their interaction with dogs they don't know? Yeah, look, this is a big one. And um, there is actually a few people still out there teaching young kids to walk up and present their hand to an unknown dog so the dog can sniff the, the back of the hand before they proceed to pat. There is a lot fundamental flaws with that uh, particular situation happening because for starters a dog can smell you from a mile away (laughs) they don't need a hand (laughs) put in front of their nose and for a timid or nervous dog a hand presented to their face is intimidating and it can result in a bite and we hear of this happening quite a lot Uh, so look the best thing that you can do is teach your kids to slow down when approaching a dog we tell Lennox to jump off scooters and walk past dogs and just respect the fact that um, they're tethered and they can't actually make their own decisions in in the public environment and if you're interested in patting a dog out and about when you're around the at the shops or the the your local town ask the owner first and then crouch down and sort of pat the side of your leg and call that dog or puppy over to you because then you're putting the the dog in the position of being able to make that final decision do they want to come over or are they happier just keeping to themselves most dogs will come over and they'll enjoy the pat but then there are quite a few dogs that would prefer to just stick to themselves so that's probably the best way to engage an unknown dog out on the street I can hear your little girl is like no mum that interview's gone long enough so she does I I hear you loud and clear Jen thank you so much for your time today Oh, gosh, we squeezed it in. We squeezed it in. We got there. Yeah. That's animal behaviourist Jen Tate. And the book she co-wrote with her husband, Ryan, is called How to Train Your Dog. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.